Hi, this is Jerry McGee, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. Just appreciate you listening in. Hope you'll invite people to listen on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Um, we meet at 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And if you want prayer at the end of the end of the service, if you will call 646-595-4784. And Father, we just come before your, your throne in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask that the eyes of every heart be enlightened. This day on July 16, 2019, Lord, I pray that every person who's listening will be blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that I'll be a tree of life. I pray for rivers of living water to come forth from my innermost being. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you make my words like goads, like well-driven nails given by you, Lord, the shepherd. And Lord, I just pray that every life will be changed. Thank you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I ask you to teach through me. I ask that your life flow out through me to touch the lives of each person who listens. In Jesus' name, thank you that we've been raised to sit with you in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. And we take our seat in the heavenly places and we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth we forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against any person who hears this program against Dorothy and her family, me and my family, and everything that concerns us in Jesus' name. Lord, we bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray a special covering of warrior angels over us to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment that's sent against us in Jesus' name. And Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is forever settled in heaven. Thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. The leaf withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And we thank you for your word. Jesus, you are the word. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your word to heal us in Jesus' name. Well, the title of the message is The Effects of Lack of Discipline. Proverbs says, whoever loves discipline loves his own soul. Why is that? Because it's discipline that causes our lives to be overcomers in Christ Jesus. It's the discipline. Uh, you know, God's purpose in disciplining us is to correct the mistakes our parents made and to correct our mistakes. It's to realign us with the word of God. Most of us were never trained up the way we should go. We were trained up the way we should not go, and our life is going that way. You know, how you're trained up sets a default, like the default on a computer. You know, you can type a letter and use any kind of font that you choose. I think there's two or 300 of them to choose from. And then, but when you type another letter, go into another letter, the computer kicks it back to the way it was set at the factory. And the way you and I were set at the factory was how we were trained up. Sets that default in our life. And it was negative. If it was negative, then it kicks it. We keep trying to break out of that negative default and get kicked back uh, into the default. But praise God through deliverance, through repentance, through forgiving our parents for the wrong, uh, training us up in, in a wrong way. Thank God that God sets us free and uh, we can redeem lost opportunities. And so the purpose of discipline is to correct those things in our lives of the times we've let the sun go down on our anger, the times we've judged our parents, the times we've violated the word of God and, the, and the forgive our parents for their violations of the word of God. 
in training us up. Discipline means to train by instruction and control. Proverbs 3.11 says, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Uh, Job 5.17 says, Behold how happy is the man, and you could say woman, whom God reproves, so do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. And from my experience, my personal experience of ministering deliverance to people for this past, I guess, about 35, 36 years, is the happiest people are the people that grew up with the proper discipline. And discipline, there's there's a, a neg- one negative side of discipline, and that's the punishment when you don't obey your parents. But the positive side of discipline is love, nurture, care, provision, uh, protection, affirmation, guidance, direction, um, nurturing, um, and correction if we don't obey. Years ago, the Lord showed me, uh, gave me an illustration of, of training up a child in the way should go. And this message is really for those of you who are not trained up in the way you should go. And for those of you who are parents who have children um, that you're training up now, this is for you. And also for grandparents, there's many grandparents that are raising their children. And, you know, we think, well, as a grandparent, we don't have authority over our children, but you know, we do. I remember I used to have a ministry farm where I housed people in their recovery process. And uh, there was a young man that came into the ministry and he told me this true story. He said he went to New Orleans. And well, first of all, he had a, a grandmother that was a real witch and he had a grandmother that was a praying grandmother. And he lived with that praying grandmother and he'd come home all drunked up and drugged up and she'd be sitting in her rocking chair praying for him. And so he went to New Orleans to get his fortune told. And the fortune teller said, I can't tell your fortune because you've got to pray in grandmother. So grandparents have tremendous authority because we're the parents of the parent. And we might have children that are have gone astray or we've made many mistakes. I know I've made many mistakes, but God wants to correct those things. And praise God that through, uh, through repentance and through forgiveness and through asking God to change those things, things will change in God's timing. And so the happiest children I've known are children that were trained up in the way they should go or, or grew up with love and discipline, proper amounts of it. Years ago, I had a seminar and there was this um, little girl and she came up to me for prayer. And I said, did your mother discipline you? He said, she said, oh boy, did she? She slapped me up against the wall. You know, that's not discipline. That's child abuse. And parents abuse their children with words. Uh, with um, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. But this message is for God to uh, correct those things. And even the discipline that you go through each day from God is to correct those mistakes, to realign you with the word of God. And as I said earlier, the Lord gave me an illustration of how to train up a child in the way it should go. Uh, I I had a, a house that was a split level house. And when you drive into the house, you drive into the, you're upstairs, but you drive, the driveway is even upstairs, and the bedrooms were downstairs, and I had a flower bed that went alongside of the the driveway, and I planted a cucumber plant, and I don't know if you've ever planted a cucumber plant, but it was going all over the driveway. This long vine was going everywhere, <clears throat> so I thought, well, <clears throat> I just would 
uh, take that that vine and re- redirect it and hang it over the eight foot. There was an eight foot retaining wall on the side of the of the flower bed. I thought I'd just pick up the cucumber vine and hang it over the the eight foot um, retaining wall, but I couldn't I couldn't redirect it without breaking the plant. And the next year, I had this idea when I planted the cucumber plant. I took a little stick when the runner would go a certain direction. I'd pick a little stick, and then I'd put another little stick, and I trained that through just with the little sticks. I trained that that uh, cucumber vine to go over the retaining wall. And basically, that's how we train a child up. You train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. You train up a child in the way he should not go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. So all the negative training up, God in his discipline corrects those mistakes that parents made and even corrects us in our wrong responses to how we grew up. And so uh, mental or, mental disorders is just one of the repercussions of the lack of discipline. You know, if a, if a child's not disciplined, they feel guilty. Uh, spanking a child through their disobedience um, c- clears the air. And there's a little pamphlet that you can order online. It's called Under Loving Command. I don't know who it's by, but basically in this tract, it's saying that when a parent doesn't discipline a child for bad behavior, that the child feels guilty. And, you know, I my parents kind of enabled me. My mother did especially. And I felt guilty my whole life until God set me free. And uh, I asked my mother one day, I said, Mother, why didn't you spank me? And she said, I could have killed you and it wouldn't have done any good, but it would have. I had four spankings from my dad, and I remember all four. Uh, I had a healthy respect for what he said. But uh, people that don't feel good about themselves have mental disorders because they have lack of serotonin and endorphins, dopamine, um, the things that make you feel good about yourself. And so um, mental disorders is just one of the repercussions of a lack of discipline. And that includes the ADHD. It includes hyperactivity. It includes uh, bipolar. It includes schizophrenia and all forms of mental problems. The biblical concept of discipline has a positive side, and that's for instruction, knowledge, and for training. And it has a negative side, which is correction and punishment and reproof. And, you know, if we don't um, obey God's positive discipline through obeying his laws, then we subject ourselves to God's wrath and punishment and judgment. And so um, in the negative side of discipline, it's blame expressed to the face. It means to censure, to find fault with, and to uh, condemn. It means to Condemn is wrong and to reprimand. And so those who refuse discipline will incur God's wrath and his judgment. His chastisement is an infliction of punishment by whipping or beating. I think in Hebrews 12, when it says, don't forsake the discipline of the Lord, that means to be flayed, flayed alive, to be flayed alive. That's what that means. And so in the Bible, the term chastisement usually refers to punishment or discipline inflicted by God and it's for the purpose of education um, instruction and for training Job 4 3 says behold and speaking of God you have admonished many and you have strengthened weak hands 
it's for corrective guidance. Second uh, Thessalonians three fifteen says, and may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. You know, the scripture says when uh, we can go to the throne of grace, that is through repentance, and we get strengthened, confirmed, established, and perfected. Hebrews 12, 15, verse, I'm sorry, Hebrews 12, 5 through 11 says, Do not take lightly the discipline of the Lord or faint when you're reproved by him. For whoever the Lord loves, he disciplines. And so God disciplines us when we disobey his word. Proverbs seventeen eleven says, A rebellious man seeks only evil, so a cruel messenger will be sent against him. Proverbs 16:22 says understanding is a fountain of life to him who has has it but the discipline of fools is folly. You know, uh folly disciplines us. For example, if you go out and cre- charge up your credit card, your folly disciplines you. Your major debt and being in credit card debt, it's almost like it's a vicious cycle. You can hardly ever get out of it if you've ever been in it. I have at one point in my life, I had lots of credit card debt. I praise God that he let me get out of it. But um, if if we overeat, we get fat. Our, dis, our, our folly disciplines us. My son, my youngest son who died of AIDS, his folly was homosexual sin, and his folly disciplined him. He died of AIDS in 1989. So wherever your folly is, you'll be disciplined. There's always repercussions for bad behavior. Proverbs 15.10 says, Stern discipline is for him who forsakes the way, but he who hates reproof, and he who hates reproof will die. Because, you know, the death thing is demons are behind sickness. And so if we're in rebellion and you continue to live in rebellion, eventually it'll work out in your your physical body as sickness and can even cause you to die opens you up for sure to a spirit of death and god instructs parents to discipline their children and you know discipline in your children discipline means correction love nurture protection provision education training guidance uh and the only negative side is is to get a, a spanking or get disciplined for bad behavior Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so any time a parent violates the word of God in training us up, we have an automatic anger issue. It may be 50 years before that anger manifests, but it's down there because God doesn't show us everything at once. Every time you let the sun go down on your anger in your whole lifetime, you've given a foothold to the devil in those areas. And it doesn't just go away. And so um, when a child, when we're provoked to anger, uh, a good manifestation or a good example of that is getting your buttons pushed. Wherever you have your button pushed is a place you let the sun go down on your anger. And that hot wire is connected to an idol. And you have to lay down the idols to get healed. I, I, I read once how people go to anger enrichment uh, seminars. You you can't get rid of your anger till you lay down your idol and you just make an altar like Abraham did with Isaac and take that up the mountain and let it go. Proverbs 22, verse 15 says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. 
Proverbs 19:18 says, "Discipline your son while there's hope, and do not desire his death." You know, the scripture says if we honor our father and mother, and one of the ways we honor them is through forgiving them by sundown. If you honor your mother and father, the Bible says the promise is a long life. And so if we uh, if we don't discipline our son or daughter while it's hope, they'll have no respect for us and we will desire their death and their life will be shortened. Proverbs twenty three thirteen says, do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you beat him with the rod, he will not die. And I don't believe the rod is a wooden spoon. I believe it is a switch um, off of a tree. Uh, or a bush. Proverbs twenty two fifteen says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. And I've already read that one. Proverbs twenty three verse twelve through the end says, Do not hold back discipline from the child, although you beat him with the rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with the rod uh to, to deliver his soul from shield. And I can contrast that with you know, growing up, my mother my mother never spanked me in my whole life, but she hit me once with a clothes hanger. And all that does is make a child mad. If you just swat at them, if you let them win, however you do it, you don't abuse them, you don't spank them in anger, but you get the job done. Teach them that, that uh, punishment that hurts chases evil from the heart. That's what Proverbs 20 verse 30 says, and that's the Old Living Bible the real old living Bible, not the new living translation, but the real old living Bible says punishment that hurts chases evil from the heart. So get the job done. Teach them that it's painful to to make wrong, wrong choices. And then he instructs the church. Paul instructs the church. God instructs the church to discipline. In Acts 5, Paul turned a man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh for having sex with his mother-in-law. And then he instructs civil authorities and national authorities to discipline when we break the, the laws of the land. Unfortunately, we have crooked, evil politicians that try to teach people that are breaking the law that it's okay. And this is happening right now today in America. People are breaking the laws of the land. And discipline should be a way of life. You know, repentance is a, living a repentant lifestyle. Every time you uh, submit to to God, you change from glory to glory. And living a repentant lifestyle should be a way of life because whenever we um, we receive God's discipline, we're working at our salvation with fear and trembling. And God has taught me that when I have a problem or when I've got a wrong attitude or when I've got a wrong thought, I'm saying, okay, Lord, what are you trying to show me through this? And then as he shows me, I receive his discipline, and then I get changed from glory to glory. And that's how God wants all of us to continue to walk in repentance and look for answers to why you do what you do. Look for answers to why you speak the words you speak or why you think the thoughts you think or what you lust ever after the scripture says all those things come from the heart. What's in the heart comes out the mouth. What's in the heart comes up into the thought life. And what you lust after comes to, comes out from the heart. And so we need to say, okay, Lord, what do you? What, how did this get planted in my spiritual garden? Because we are spiritual gardens. 
Genesis says we're dirt. Uh, Mark 4, Luke 8, Matthew 13 says we're soil. The Bible says we're, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a type and shadow. We're, we're trees. The scripture says the trees of the field clap their hands. And so we're, we're dirt. And so it should be a way of life. Proverbs uh, t- 6, verse 20 through 23 says, Reproofs, which is rebukes joined with uh, correction are, of discipline, are a way of life. And uh, why should we discipline ourselves or why should we receive God's discipline? Well, number one, we should discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. First Timothy 4, 7 says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And a part of that is Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So when I'm denying myself, that is a discipline. And Jesus said, I I can't even follow him unless I deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. Derek Prince says, your cross is not your mother-in-law, not your husband, not your wife, not your children, not your bills. Your cross is every place your will crosses God's will. And to take up our cross means to choose to go God's way over your way, his plan over your plan, his attitudes over your attitudes, and his word over your word. And so when we allow God to discipline us, it proves that we belong to God. Hebrews 12, 5 says, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. For it's for discipline you endure. God deals with you as with sons. And so it's a proof that you truly are his. Now, in Proverbs 12, it says that if you don't, if you don't receive discipline, you don't let God discipline you, you're a spiritual bastard. You know, you can be a, a physical bastard because your parents conceived you out of wedlock, but, and, but you'll be a spiritual bastard if your parents don't train you up in the way that you should go and teach you to be dis- and to discipline you. And if you don't take God's discipline, you, you become a bastard or an Ill, Ill, illegitimate. Uh, allowing God's discipline causes us to keep his word. You know, my son, who was dying of AIDS, the AIDS was a discipline. Uh, it was because he, he refused to listen. And he told me once, he said, Mama, I'm sorry you feel like a failure because of me. He said, Mama, I've tried to change, but it's just too hard. And it was just uh, uh, the homosexual lifestyle had such a grip on him that he tried to change, but he couldn't. And it took that dreaded disease to bring him to repentance. And when he was nine of AIDS, I had uh, in his bedroom, I had all these posters with scriptures on the whole wall was covered with scriptures. And there was one scripture that I put on the wall. It was uh, Psalms 119.67. And uh, it said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. It was good that I was afflicted because now I keep his word. So uh, praise God, my son's in heaven. Uh, Unfortunately, it took that dreaded disease for him to be brought to repentance. But I know he's in heaven today, and I can rejoice in that. And so um, the scripture says when we receive God's discipline, uh, that it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those that have been trained by it. Now, you cannot allow God to train you with it, but I've learned that if there's a problem or something, I always go to God and say, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? And so I receive his discipline. But Hebrews 12, 11 says, 
All discipline for the moment seems painful not, rather than pleasant, but afterwards it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. And so receiving God's discipline qualifies you to run the race of life. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul said, But I buffet my body and make it my slave, possibly after I have preached to others, I myself may be disqualified. So we should discipline ourselves in every area of our life through denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following the Lord, you know, disciplining ourselves with exercise, discipline ourselves with, uh, uh, with food and with every area of our life. We should bring our lives under subjection to the Holy Spirit. And then uh, uh, receiving God's discipline prevents us from being condemned along with the world. 1 Corinthians 11:32 says, "We are disciplined by the Lord in order that we may not be condemned along with the world." And then when we uh, are people that receive discipline from our mothers and fathers and God the Father, and of course in Proverbs 1, it's talking about a father and that could be God the Father and or your earthly father, and it's talking about a mother that could be your mother or you know, the church is a type and shadow of a spiritual mother giving birth to supposedly disciples. But nowadays, unfortunately, many of the churches are giving birth to spiritual adulteresses and harlots because they're not teaching repentance. They're not teaching people to deny themselves. You know, when we pray a prayer to receive Jesus, we're going to be the bride of Christ. And when our hearts go after other lovers, we commit spiritual adultery and we are spiritual harlots and most many churches today in America are so sick because they instead of instead of making disciples which which the word disciple has to do with being disciplined instead of making disciples they make harlots they're giving birth to harlots and so it says in uh, Proverbs 128 hear my son your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching indeed it is a graceful wreath around your head and ornaments about your neck. Now, you can't see that with the human eye, but you can see people. And I can tell you my oldest son um, was always, well, he's not perfect, but he was always an obedient son. And I can see the grace of God on him, a graceful wreath about his head and ornaments about his neck. He's got that grace on him, and you can just see that. And, and some of you may know people like that. And you may be that kind of person, but that's a promise. If you listen to your father, um, your heavenly father, and and, your, and and don't forsake the teaching of your mother, it'll be a graceful wreath about your head and ornaments about your neck. Now, obviously, those of you who've had fathers who uh, you couldn't listen to because they were either drunk or something was really, they were really messed up people, you're still supposed to honor your father. But you can listen to God the Father. And if you grew up without a father or if you are a parent, a single mom that um, doesn't have a father for your children, teach your children that God's their father. The scripture says the glory of sons is their fathers. And when a, a child doesn't have an earthly father or if he has one that's a couch potato or not one that's a good one, um, he has to forgive that father for not being his glory. But God's the greatest glory anybody could ever have. And when, when, when you grow up without an earthly father that's being a role model for you, 
the scripture says that you have no glory, which is a, it is an aura around your head in the spirit realm. It's a, it's a nimbus. It's like uh, you can't see it with the human eye, but angels and demons can see it. And if you don't have that uh, honor of a father that has been your honor, then the demons say you can pick on so-and-so, you can pick on her, you can pick on him because uh, she or he doesn't have a father. But if you had a good father, then you have in the spirit realm, you have an aura or an a nimbus around your head and the demons and the angels can see it. And they say, you know, you better leave her or him alone because she or he has uh, an earthly father. And if you grew up without one, forgive your father for not being your glory and ask God to come and be your, your glory. God is the greatest glory anybody could have. And so just lift your hands to heaven and forgive your father and receive God's glory. And, you know, you can't have God's glory and live in sin. But praise God. God is the greatest glory anybody could ever have. And so uh, you're a happy person also when you receive discipline. Job 5.17 says, Behold how happy is the man whom God reproves, which means corrects by chastening and punishment for the purpose of purification. Do not reject or despise the discipline, also the, the chastening and the correction of the Almighty. He inflicts pain and he gives relief. He wounds and his hand heals. And so it says we're happy if we receive God's correction and his discipline. You know, this is kind of a, well, it's not really a sidetrack. It's the truth. I, I have a, a kennel where I have chow dogs. And I had this one dog that got, she was just a puppy. And then she got to be a four or five months old. And she got so rebellious. She had no respect. She wouldn't listen. She wouldn't come to me. And I disciplined her. And then from from then on, she was right at my feet. And it's almost like when a child's not disciplined, they have no respect. And so, and besides, they'll carry, they'll walk in with a cloud of guilt over the head, not feel good about their self, um, have self-hatred, self-bitterness. Um, this is back to... You know, I used to have a ministry farm and I would have people call me to want to get rid of their, maybe they had a 40-year-old son that lived with them and they'd wanted a place to dump him uh, to get him out of their house. And I would always say, did you discipline your son? And they'd say, unfortunately, I didn't. And so the son's on psychiatric medicine and he's um, he's lazy and slothful and he won't cooperate and um, and that's just really the fruit of not training a child up in the way it should go. Sometimes people just enable their children and they're doing the greatest disservice to them. The people that need the greatest ministry are those who grew up without the proper discipline. When we uh, receive discipline, we acquire understanding and understanding is the truth that sets me free. Understanding, the scripture says, is to turn away from evil. And understanding is, uh, it says in Hosea, I'm not Hosea, yeah, Hosea 4, it says the people without understanding are ruined. We need understanding to discern the times we're living in. We need understanding to discern if it's God or if it's the devil or a demon. 
It says in Proverbs 4.1, Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. We all need understanding. And Hosea says the people without it are ruined. And so when you, ha- when you receive discipline, you're a blessed person. Proverbs 8.34 says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. And I really believe that that is a picture of us waiting on the Lord. Many times we, we uh, you know, there's three types of prayer. There's the outer court, the inner court, the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. And when we make all of our requests be known to God, that's just step one. We need to do that. But then after we do that, we use, we're usually so busy that we just run out and we don't wait on the Lord. And so I believe that waiting on the Lord is this scripture right here that I just read in Proverbs 8:34 how blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my gates waiting at my doorpost you know the first stage of prayer is the asking stage and we're to do that but then the second realm of prayer is the seeking the seeking place and then the third realm of prayer is the knocking and waiting at God's doorpost and so that's what uh, we need to wait on the Lord, and that's really important to wait on the Lord and to listen to him. You know, when you're in the outer court, you're just asking, you know, you're you're being repetitious a lot of times, and you pray the same things over and over, and it's all those, uh, you know, there's a place where we confess our sin, and then uh, we say uh, many times our prayers, and God hears us, and then we're busy, and then we run out, and we don't wait on the Lord. And so God's trying to teach me to wait on him. And I still haven't, I still haven't got it down the way he wants it, but I'm heading that direction. I've started having my prayer time and then waiting on the Lord. And um, I want what that reproduces in my life. And here are some of the, of the negative effects of a person who grows up without discipline uh, are what you can expect if you train your children to uh, not, you don't train your children up in the discipline instruction of the Lord and you don't discipline them. You know, everybody loves an obedient child, but people don't like to be around uh, little renegades. And so basically the kids are just really reflecting what's going on in the parents' life. Proverbs seventeen twenty five says uh, that, um, a child without discipline is a grief to his father and bitterness to his mother. And then it says in Proverbs 29, verse 15, he's ashamed to his mother. And so if you've had a child that uh, has been rebellious, and I have, I've had to forgive them for being a grief to the father, bitterness, and shame to me. And if you've been that kind of a child, you need to ask God to forgive you for being a grief to your mother, a grief to your father, and a bitterness and shame to your mother. And then mental problems is another repercussions, and we've talked about that, but I want to give you scriptures now. Isaiah 1 says, where will you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick, and that's not of a physically sick person, but it's a picture of a person that's been flogged in the head. So there you see mental problems. So it says, where will you continue, where will you be stricken again in your rebellion? The whole head is sick from the sole of the feet to the top of the head. Only raw wounds, welts, and raw wounds 
and no one to heal you of your sore. Deuteronomy 28 lists uh, madness as one of the curses in Deuteronomy, and that includes all forms of psychiatric problems, mental problems. And then then a child who grows up without correction and discipline has no fear of God. If a child grows up and he can just do any old thing that he wants to do, because parents model for us a picture of what God's like, he receives the lie that God lets him by with stuff too, and he has no fear of God. The scripture says the fear of the Lord is to turn away from evil. It also says in Psalms, transgression speaks to a man in his heart because there's no fear of God before his eyes. <coughs> Excuse me. A child that goes up without discipline is taught to live after the flesh. We need to teach the children, and our parents should have taught us to crucify the flesh. It took me till I was 60 years old to get a hold of that, and I still don't quite understand it the way I should, I'm sure. But I remember years ago when I was had my granddaughters and my grandson, I fixed lunch for them. And afterwards, the girls were helping me clean up, and I said, David, uh, get the vacuum cleaner and vacuum up those, those crumbs. Well, he, he kind of rebelled. And the girl said, well, mommy makes him vacuum the whole house when he has that attitude. So I said, okay, good idea, David, vacuum the whole house. And so I could tell he acted like he was wanting to cry. And I said, David, I love you too much to not teach you to die to your flesh. He said, I said, because I wish somebody would have taught me when I was your age what it meant to die to the flesh. I said, I've had to learn through many spankings how to die to the flesh. And so a person that grows up without discipline hates themselves. They want to punish themselves. They feel neglect. They're self-neglect, self-disdain. A lot of times they're sloppy. They, they don't keep themselves clean. Not in every case, but many times in many cases. They feel unworthy, feel despicable. Uh, Proverbs fifteen thirty two says, He who neglects discipline despises himself. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. Now, I apologize for my phone. Everybody has been texting me. And so I apologize for that. A person who lacks discipline doesn't feel that God loves him. And I'm going to paraphrase. Paraphrase. First John 4, 15 says, Whoever abides in me has come to know the love that I have for him. A person without discipline, death's working in that person. Proverbs 19.18 says, Discipline your son while there's hope and do not desire his death. A person that grows up without discipline is spiritual bastard, and we've already said that, illegitimate, and that the definition of illegitimate is unlawfully begotten, born out of wedlock. It's a state of being uh, not genuine, unlawful, contrary to law. If you're a parent, and even if you have grown children or if you have little children, set them down and apologize to them for not training them up in the way they should go and say, today's a new day. From now on, um, you're going to be receiving discipline because I love you. And, you know, it doesn't matter how old your son is. My son is uh, 59 years old. And I still, God shows me things and mistakes I made, and he's been a wonderful son. He's my pastor. But the other day, I had a whole long list of things to ask him to forgive me for. And um, I'm still, when, you know, the enemy wants to torment you 
uh, over the mistakes you've made. And sometimes you want to tell the, the child and they don't quite understand. But praise God, um, you need to do that because in the spirit realm, when you ask forgiveness, even I don't care how old your kids are, when you ask them to forgive you for your failures, that clears the air. I think my son sometimes, I apologize so much, I think sometimes he feels sorry for me. But it clears the air and it breaks something in the spiritual realm. A person that lacks discipline, lacks wisdom and understanding. Proverbs 19:20 says, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your life. A person that grows out, up without discipline lives in fear, guilt, shame, torment. The scripture says fear, has, fear involves punishment and fear has torment. You know, Adam and Eve, they were in the garden. They were naked and unashamed until they sinned in the garden. And then they, they realized then they were naked and they wouldn't make fig leaves and covered themselves. The scripture says perfect love casts out fear, but fear has torment. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.17. And this is also the, a scripture that says mental problems are caused by lack of discipline. It says God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. A person that grows up without discipline lacks knowledge, is spiritually stupid, and it's the knowledge that keeps us from perishing. Hosea says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge because they rejected knowledge. Proverbs 19:27 says, cease listening to discipline, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Also, poverty and shame comes to those without discipline. Proverbs 13, 18 says, poverty and shame will come to him who neglects discipline. And then a person without discipline is a scoffer. Proverbs 13, 1 says, A wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scorner does not listen, or a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Scoffers get dishonor according to Proverbs 9, 7, and 8. A person that grows up without discipline lacks prudence, and prudence is wisdom applied to practice. It means to be cautious, practically wise, careful of consequences, circumspect, uh, foreseeing by instinct. Um, Proverbs says, and I don't have the reference, a prudent man sees the, the danger and he hides himself. In other words, he's walking along and he sees a trap up ahead and he turns and goes the other direction. But it says a fool goes on and suffers for it. And a fool, Proverbs 15, 5 says, a fool rejects his father's discipline, but, the, but, but he who regards reproof is prudent. And then we've talked about uh, a, a person without discipline. The folly will discipline them. A person that grows up without discipline because his fa- parents provoke him to anger and don't train him up in the way he should go. He's angry at himself. He's angry at his parents. He's angry at other people. Uh, his lamp goes out in darkness. And that's the circumstances of life. Proverbs twenty twenty says, He who curses his father and mother, his lamp will go out in time of darkness. And when a child grows up without discipline, they have no respect for authority. They have no respect for their parents. Proverbs 30 says, He who mocks his father and scorns his mother, the ravens of the valley will pluck out his eyes. And that's another major cause of eye problems. And, um, And so how do we get free? First of all, you need to make sure 
that you're born again. And I'm not talking about a head knowledge of God because the church is full of lost people. They're just religious. They just deal with outward appearance uh, and not deal with heart issues. Make sure you've been born again. You know, the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. And then you need to forgive your parents for every negative thing and not just say, I forgive them for everything, but you need to name the, the, their failures and forgive them for each one and then repent over letting the sun go down on your anger because areas where you let the sun go down on your anger, you gave a foothold to the enemy. And wherever you've done that, you've got a button pusher. And so you could just trace your button pushers back to letting the sun go down on your anger because whenever you let the sun go down on your anger, if you don't go to God and deal with it, you're turning to a, to a promise you made yourself. Or you may say, when I get out of this house, life's going to be different. Or I'll never marry anyone like my mother or my father. I'll never be like them. I'll never treat my kids like them. Well, I've just turned to false gods. And guess what? When I make a judgment on my parents, it sets in motion forces to cause me to reap the same thing that I've judged. So I need to forgive my parents and ask God to forgive you for your rebellion and forgive your parents for not training you up in the way you should go. Um, Align yourself with the word of God. And to do that, you must know what it says. You know, when I read the word, I always am repenting over the word. And, and I've gotten most, I mean, I get delivered of something almost every day because it's a part of the sanctification process. And when I read the word, I'm repenting over the word. And as I do that, I'm getting deliverance. And so I encourage you that when you read the word, be repenting over it as you read it. And the Holy Spirit will show you how to do that and uh, begin the process of Receiving God's discipline, asking God when you have a problem or an attitude or something, asking him to purge those things out of you and, and to align you with the word of God. And you don't, don't look at everything that's wrong with you because uh, there could be a million things. And when you do, it'll discourage you. It'll cause you to, um, you know, just think if you're hopeless, but you're not hopeless. You know, God knows right where you are. He's not He's not the least bit concerned. Just yield to him. And instead of looking at the million things that are wrong with you, ask him, okay, Lord, to walk through this, get, tell me what step one is. And then do step one. And then he'll show you step two. And you'll end up walking out of it. And I can tell you there's light up ahead. And you can be confident of this very thing that God has begun a work, good work and you will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. And so if you can receive that message, I'm sure the Lord's shown you some things of how you grew up and how and mistakes you made with your own children and things that you need to correct. But uh, just be repenting, and I'm going to lead you in repentance and then do deliverance. So, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Pray with me. I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. Forgive me for not loving discipline. Uh, I forgive my parents for not training me up in the way I should go. I forgive them for not loving me, for not nurturing me, for not telling me they love me. I forgive them for not protecting me. I forgive them for not providing for me. I forgive them that they just let me raise myself. I forgive them that there was a lack of food. I forgive them for divorce, for drunkenness. 
I forgive him that I had to take care of my brothers and sisters and myself. I forgive him for not affirming me. I forgive them for not holding me, hugging me, kissing me, giving me affection. I forgive them for not leading me and guiding me and training me up in the way I should go. And, and Lord, in Jesus' name, forgive me for rejecting discipline. God, forgive me for um, despising the discipline of the Lord. Forgive me for being rebellion, rebellious. Forgive me for being a renegade. Lord, I just ask you to forgive me for, I forgive my parents for not disciplining me, which has opened me up to all kinds of mental problems. And Lord, I've been rebellious. And you said I'll be stricken. Uh, my whole head be sick from the sole of my foot to the top of my head. Only sores, bruises, and raw welts with no one to heal me of my sore. And I ask you to heal me right now, Lord, as I forgive my parents and as I repent. Uh, forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandments, which would cause me to be under a curse of madness. Uh, Lord, forgive me for not receiving your possible, your positive correction. I ask you to remove your wrath off me for my rebellion. I ask you to remove the 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 the, the evil messenger that's been sent against me. Forgive me for refusing to submit to authority. Lord, I ask you to direct my heart into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. Forgive me for taking lightly your discipline. Forgive me for being a spiritual bastard because my parents didn't train me up in the way I should go. And, Lord, if my parents conceived me illegitimately before I was even born, I just break, uh, I break the, the curse of the bastard off me. Forgive me for refusing your discipline because of rebellion, which has caused me to be a spiritual bastard. Lord, and then I just ask you to forgive me for, um, forgive me for my folly that has disciplined me. Forgive me for forsaking your way. Forgive me for not disciplining my children. Forgive me for not forgive me for provoking them to anger. By not and forgive me for not disciplining my children and and bringing them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. Forgive me for not using the rod. Forgive me for just swatting after them at them and making them mad. And, Lord, if, if my children are still in the home, uh, cause me to discipline them while there's hope, while I still have hope and not desire their death. Forgive me for holding that discipline from the child. Uh, forgive me for enabling. Forgive me for false compassion. Forgive me for not driving foolishness out of my children's heart. I forgive my parents for not driving the foolishness from my heart. Forgive me for holding back discipline from the child, and I forgive my parents for holding back discipline from me. Forgive me for being afraid that the discipline will kill him or wound his uh, psychic, as some, some psychiatrist says, not to discipline your children. Forgive me for not teaching my children that wrong choices and disobedience brings pain. So that, Lord, so that they know that if they disobey you, it brings pain. 
forgive me for I forgive pastors I've had for not church discipline. I forgive politicians for breaking the law and thinking that there's one law for themselves and another law for other people. Forgive me for not living a, a repentance lifestyle. Forgive me for not disciplining myself for the purpose of godliness. Forgive me for regarding lightly the discipline of the Lord. I forgive my parents for uh, for uh, not chasing evil from my heart through discipline. Forgive me for uh, not keeping your word. Forgive me for thinking discipline is too painful. When you said it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Thank you, Lord, that discipline qualifies me for the race of life. Forgive me for not buffeting my body and making it my slave. Forgive me for being a slave to my body. Lord, I don't want to be disqualified. Forgive me for not embracing discipline. Forgive me for not asking you what you're trying to teach me when I go through things. I ask you, Lord, to purge the pollution from my heart. Forgive me for uh, not listening to you or my earthly father. I forgive me, Lord, I forgive my earthly father that he wasn't anybody I could listen to. Forgive me for rejecting my mother's teaching. Lord, I ask you to uh, give me that graceful wreath about my head and ornaments about my neck. Forgive me, Lord, for um, not receiving your correction, for your chastisement and punishment for the purpose of purification. Forgive me for rejecting your discipline, your chastening correction. Lord, you inflict pain and you give relief. You wound and your hands heal. And I ask you, Lord, to cause your hands to heal me. Forgive me for not listening to the instruction of a father and not giving attention that I may have understanding. Forgive me for not having the knowledge that keeps me from perishing. Forgive me for being a grief to my father and a bitterness to my mother, and I forgive my children for being a grief and bitterness and shame to me and a grief to my to, to their father. Lord, I forgive my parents for not teaching me the fear of God. I forgive them for teaching me to live after the flesh by their own example. Forgive me for hating myself and wanting to punish myself, self-neglect, self-disdain. Lord, forgive me for feeling unworthy and despicable because I've neglected your discipline and I've not listened to your reproof. Forgive me for despising myself because I haven't been abiding in you. Lord, I want to get on the potter's wheel and yield to you, present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I ask you to remove the spirit of death that's working in me because of the lack of discipline. Remove it from my children. God, 
forgive me for lacking wisdom and understanding, not listening to counsel and accepting discipline so that I could be wise the rest of my life. Forgive me for fear, shame, guilt, torment. Forgive me for not having the perfect love that casts out fear. Lord, you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Forgive me for lacking knowledge, the knowledge that keeps me from perishing. Forgive me for not listening to you, Lord, and despising the words of knowledge. Forgive me for neglecting discipline, which would cause me to live in poverty and shame. Forgive me for being a scoffer. Forgive me for... uh, being a scoffer that gives dishonor for themselves. Forgive me for lacking prudence, seeing the, da- seeing the danger and not hiding myself. Forgive me for being a fool. Forgive me for being angry at myself, my parents, and other people. Lord, forgive me for cursing my mother and father, which would cause my lamp to go out in darkness. Forgive me for not honoring my mother and father, which would cause me to have a a long life. Forgive me, Lord, for mocking my father and scorning my mother. And, Lord, if I've never been born again, uh, Lord, I have received you with my head, but I haven't been willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you, Lord. And I choose to do that today. I yield to you, Lord. I want to be born again. I invite your Holy Spirit to to possess my body take control. I make you the Lord, master, and boss of my life. Lord, I forgive my parents for everything you've shown me. I ask you to forgive me for my rebellion. Lord, I choose to align myself with the word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you who begun a good work in me will perform it into the day of the Lord Jesus. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I want to totally surrender to you today. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross to make provision for my deliverance, my healing, and my salvation. In Jesus' name. And take it, and Lord, I just break soul ties with my parents. I break judgments I made against them. And Lord, I break the judgments I've made against my children. Forgive me for enabling my children now that they're grown. Forgive me for paying their, their light bills and their rent and all this stuff while they live any old way. And forgive me for getting in your way, Lord. You're trying to correct my my children, but I've been getting in your way of correction. So I ask you to forgive me for my rebellion. And Lord, I just break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses for the lack of discipline. In Jesus' name, this uh, renegade spirit, their spirit of rebellion that's come down generationally. I break the power of mental illness, insanity, bipolar, schizophrenia, all mental problems in Jesus' name. All spirits that came in through the lack of discipline, I command you to leave. Every person that has prayed this prayer with me in the name of Jesus, I command every spirit to go and just take a deep breath. The word spirit means breath and just breathe out or give it a cough in Jesus' name. Resist. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And the word says he has to flee. So resist. I command the spirit of fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness. Go pride. I break your power. Every lie that each person has received that God's like their earthly parents. 
Every spirit that keeps them from having the fear of God, I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. Spirit of the scoffer, spirit of rebellion, antichrist spirits, you have to go now in Jesus' name. I command sickness, distress, disease to leave now. Bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, I command you to go torture, torment. I command discouragement, depression to leave now. Every person, take a deep breath and just let them go in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Now, Lord, I ask you to fill me with yourself. I ask you to move upon every person who's heard this message. I ask you to do a healing, restoring, delivering work, God, a saving work in Jesus' name. Now, if you want prayer, if you'll call me at 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. And I'll be happy to pray for you. I'll tell you a little bit about the ministry. Um, You can write me at Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas, 75771. And uh, Abiding Life Ministries was founded in 1978 by my late husband. Um, My website is uh, Jerry McGee, and I'll just spell it all lowercase, G-E-R-I. MCGHEE.com, and you can find books to order. You can find free CDs to listen to. My son's testimony of called Todd's Greatest Regret that he made 13 days before he died of AIDS, basically telling people that were in the lifestyle that it wasn't worth it. And um, you can go on my website, and there's a place where you can sign up for emails. And um, I'm going to try to start sending out daily thoughts of encouragement. I have a little bit more time now. And uh, also, I will send you information on on the places where I'll be teaching. I have a Duncanville meeting August the 3rd in Duncanville, Texas. It's at Hilton Garden Inn at exit 462. And Hilton Garden Inn is right there on Interstate 20 in Duncanville. And that's the Main Street exit. And when you come into the hotel... You go by the front desk and take a right and go down the hall to the Penn Springs room, and that's where we meet. We're just a little bitty group, and if you need special prayer, we'll pray for you afterwards. And um, if you'd like a schedule, a schedule a meeting in your area, if you email me, and my email address is jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net global.net and I love to hear what God's done in your life and I'll be glad to answer your emails if you email me I like to hear what God's done God is awesome and he wants to set you free and he's the answer to all of our problems I encourage you there's a book that you can order called clearing the land basically it's a repentance book that's been going since 1985 but you can go to the book it's got all the curses in the Bible, and it's got repentance prayers to pray, and you can actually get delivered just listening to the, uh, just uh, repenting over the book. And also, you can listen to free audios on my website, and they all have deliverance prayers. You can get delivered through listening to the audios. Another book I would encourage you to get is called um, Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. You know, we all have negative and positive things to reap. And so 
uh, it tells you how to reset those negative uh, reaping patterns. And so I hope you'll listen again. I'm going to be uh, on July the 28th. I'm sorry, July the 26th through 28th, 2019. I'll be in Cary, North Carolina. And if you'll sign up for the email, I'll be sent. I'll send you, or if you just email me, I'll send you a flyer if you live in that area. Uh, I'm supposed to be in Washington in September, in Pennsylvania in um, Pennsylvania is in October, and I don't have the date, but I'll send out a flyer. And if you'd like a meeting scheduled in your area, then just um, email me, and I'll be glad to come. Um, hope you'll listen again. And uh, when you go on my website, you you can send a gift. I'd appreciate you. Those of you who support the ministry and also the lady that sponsors this program, she doesn't charge me anything to be on here. And you can send her a gift. In fact, she's got a lot of good teachers on uh, Blog Talk Radio. But you can send her uh, a donation through D for Dorothy, Churchy, C-H-U-R-C-H-Y, one at hotmail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you even greater peace.